Beethoven's quartet follows the rules of Haydn's quartets. There are four movements in total. The first movement has a mysterious slow introduction and then is in straightforward sonata form. We'll talk about sonata form later. Movement two is slow and sad, just as you'd expect. And movement three is a minuet and trio. We're going to begin our exploration of it by hearing its opening phrase. So we're firmly in C major and we're in three time, which is what you'd expect of a minuet. And the very first bar introduces a really important little idea. Let's hear it again. Now Beethoven uses that little idea, a long note and then an upward scale throughout the minuet. And then it even becomes important in the next movement in a kind of different disguise. So we're going to call that little idea X. So when we've heard our first phrase, which we heard just a minute ago of eight bars long, we hear it again down an octave. two balanced phrases of equal length with similar material, eight bars and eight bars. Um, and that creates our A section. Beethoven is writing during the classical period, early classical period at this point, when symmetry and balance were really important, as were clear harmonic progressions, homophonic texture, and a definable structure. All of those traits we've got here, they are really defining traits of the classical period. You might just want to write them down. Beethoven starts his B section in the dominant key of G and uses that little idea that we're going to call X that we heard in bar one. The B section lasts for 22 bars. So he's breaking with the convention of having everything balanced. His A section is 16 bars long. His B section is 22. And during this B section, he develops his opening ideas a little bit further. So we have a three octave scale that runs across the quartet. Then we have some imitation of with the instruments playing the same idea, that little idea from the first bar with staggered entries. And then there's a sequence which introduces us to a new idea made, made up of three quavers. Sequence is when you have the same idea repeated on different pitches. The B section ends back in the tonic key of C and then it should repeat around again so you have a nice balanced structure which we can see on the screen. After this we have a short trio. Now this begins in the subdominant key of F and is in a different mood. After that key has been established Beethoven returns to the home key and we sort of get stuck there for a bit. So we're going to hear the opening of this trio and listen out for that three quaver idea that we just heard played in sequence. So while 
whilst this is a different section and it's in a different key and a different mood, Beethoven is borrowing ideas, that little three-quaver idea, which we're going to call Y, he's borrowed that from his minuet for some kind of unity. The A section of the trio turns back to F major and it should then repeat. The second time through the harmony slips sideways to the unusual key of A major. It's an unusual key considering that the whole piece is in C major. And then that's where the B section starts. Beethoven uses his little three-quaver idea to pass through several keys in the B section before ending up back at F. And the B section repeats Two. After that, the whole minuet repeats again. So there's the full structure on the screen. Now you can notice that Beethoven uses repeats to make his music longer, and this is a thing that lots of classical composers do. And there are several reasons for this. Classical composers were paid for writing music. They weren't rich and famous like romantic composers. So the more music they wrote, they wrote the more money they got, and they had to write music fast. So to add repeats made their music instantly longer without too much extra stress. Audiences didn't have recordings back then, so if they heard the tune a few times, they would remember it, and then they would request the music again. That's more revenue for the composer. And also, classical composers were obsessed with balance and symmetry, so they would add repeats to make their music as balanced as possible. That's totally balanced shape. After the minuet is repeated round for the second time, we have a coda. Coda means... It's not even on the screen. What does coda mean? It is on the screen. Come on, guys. What does coda mean? Uh, end. end. Thank you. Coda just means ending. Beethoven uses his coda, though, to link his movements together. So it links into the finale, and it creates a bit of tension. His coda is made up of the idea we first heard at bar one, which we called X, that long note with the scale. And Beethoven places this against chords from the other three instruments and uses it to pass through several different tonal areas, including some dark, minor, and diminished chords. The dynamics during his coda are soft, with some spooky crescendos and swells. So you start to wonder where are we going? And that just makes the final movement really impressive when it bursts out of this darkness.